0: Well Advised, a podcast from the Kentucky Advising Academy, an initiative of the Kentucky Council on Postsecondary Education. I'm your host, Destiny O'Rourke. Our goal here is to connect people like you who are centers of influence for Kentucky K-12 students as they transition into their postsecondary lives to resources and opportunities to make the process smoother. I'm so glad you chose to tune in today. Enjoy the show. There. It's great being back with you this month. Today, the focus is on college applications. This episode will provide a handy how-to guide for those who have never walked a student through the college application, and will also toss out some helpful reminders for those who are pros. Applying to college can feel like climbing a mountain to students who have never done it before. It may feel completely shrouded by mystery. Completing a college application represents a turning point in their lives, and students can sense the magnitude of starting this life-changing process. It comes with excitement for sure, but also some anxiety and uncertainty. So, having a caring, knowledgeable, and encouraging adult can make all the difference. Researching colleges is integral to the process. When helping a student decide where to apply, there are a few resources to consider. One is College Scorecard, which is available through the U.S. Department of Education at collegescorecard.ed.gov. It allows students to search for colleges based on factors that are important to them. It also directly links them to institutions' websites and allows students to save searches so they can come back to it later. Big Future through College Board has a suite of college planning services, including a college search tool. You can find that at bigfuture.collegeboard.org slash college search. Although there are tons more college research tools, both of those are great places to start. We will talk more about researching colleges in a future episode. Today we are going to presume that the student you are working with has made the decision about which colleges to apply to and yes that is colleges with an s on the end It is important to direct students to apply to more than one college. Research shows that students who apply to two or more colleges significantly increase the odds that they will show up to a college campus in the fall after they graduate high school. In the college admissions world, there is talk of college match and fit. Match refers to a college or university's academic suitability for a student. In other words, Based on how the student has performed academically in high school, do they have the potential to be academically successful at that particular college or university? Fit refers to all of the other factors that make a student feel at home in a college environment, including the location, affordability, class size, campus diversity, and so on. At the very least, when a student comes to you for help applying to college, make sure they're applying to more than one and make sure they are considering factors that make a college a good match and fit for them. To begin the process, there is, of course, applying. The sooner a student gets the process started, the smoother it will go. Encourage students to apply early. I can't stress this enough. Although some college applications may open sooner, many typically open in August. Students should start applying then. In most cases, college applications are available on the institution's website. There are multiple types of applications, including the Common Application, known as the Common App, which helps students apply to multiple partner institutions through one portal. QuestBridge, which seeks to match high-achieving, underrepresented students with highly selective colleges, and the Coalition App, which also helps students apply to multiple partner institutions through one portal. For this conversation, We will presume the student is applying directly through their desired institution's website. Finding the application should be relatively simple. Lots of institutions will have an apply here link directly on the home page. You will want to make sure to direct students to the undergraduate application. Sometimes high school seniors don't understand that terminology and accidentally begin applications for graduate school. Once on the application page, generally, students will be asked to create an account. This allows students to start and stop the process as time permits. Have them put their account information in a safe place so that they can come back to it easily. From this point, students will be asked for general demographic information, as well as information about their emergency contact, what high school they attend, what they plan to study. Keep in mind that it's okay if they are undecided for now any previous college experience, such as dual credit courses and so on. Understanding terminology is important on a college application. For example, students will be asked if they will complete a high school diploma or if they are earning a GED. They may not be familiar with that terminology and need guidance answering it correctly. Once the application has been submitted, there are a few additional necessary steps to take in order to complete a student's admissions file. Many higher education institutions require an admissions application fee. That fee can range in price from $25 up to well over $100. Because students are highly encouraged to apply for multiple institutions, that cost can add up very quickly, especially for underrepresented minorities and low-income students. It is important to know that there are multiple ways to provide financial relief. One way is through an application fee waiver. Students who qualify for government assistance programs also qualify for a college admissions fee waiver. Students whose families are going through a rough patch financially may also qualify, even if they don't receive government assistance. So it's worth asking. One of the most efficient ways to handle the fee waiver process is through a standardized form offered by the National Association for College Admission Counseling, also known as NACAC. Students complete a portion of the form and the school counselor completes a portion of the form. That form can be scanned and emailed to the admissions office of the institutions that students apply for. This form is available on the NACAC website. You can find it by doing a Google search for NACAC fee waiver. That's N-A-C-A-C fee waiver. Another option to help reduce the admissions application fee is to be on the lookout for university-sponsored free application weeks. Being ready to submit an application during one of those weeks can add up to big savings. Some institutions may waive the application fee if invited to host a college application day at the high school. Be sure to check with admissions staff to see if that is an option. Finally. Being knowledgeable about which colleges or universities don't require an application fee in the first place can be helpful. When students are conducting research on where to apply, including a category about whether or not an institution requires an application fee can be helpful. Next up, transcripts. Turning in transcripts is an important next step. A transcript is a record of the student's grades and gives a college or university an idea of the rigor of classes a student took in addition to how well they did. Transcripts can be ordered electronically through services that both high schools and higher education institutions choose to participate in, such as parchment.com. On parchment.com, students can create an account, answer a few questions, add their high school, and send their transcript to multiple colleges electronically. Fun fact, Students in Kentucky now have free access to their high school transcripts until August 30th after they graduate high school. This gives them the ability to make sure their final official transcript makes it to the college or university they are intending in time to register for the next semester's classes. Speaking of final transcript, it's good to know that there are multiple transcript types. During the admissions process, students will submit an initial transcript that often includes grades up to their junior year of high school, and sometimes even grades until what's called the seventh semester, which is until December of their senior year. Colleges and universities can make an admissions decision based on those grades, but it is important to note that students will need to submit a final transcript at the end of the school year. The difference is that the final transcript includes grades they earned in their senior year as well as their graduation date. It also includes the school counselor's signature and the high school's official seal. Students must submit this final transcript upon high school graduation and may submit both types of transcripts through electronic services like parchment.com. Many high school students choose to participate in dual credit courses. Dual credit is a type of early post-secondary opportunity, or EPO, that allows students to take a class that will count for both high school and college credit. If a student chooses to participate in dual credit, it's important that they are making every credit count toward a future college plan of study, rather than just taking classes just for the sake of it. But more on that in a future episode. Students will need to submit transcripts from any completed dual credit courses they've taken, but they can wait until the end of the school year once all of their dual credit courses are completed. They can order those directly from their dual credit institution. If they took dual credit from multiple institutions, they will need to order a transcript from each dual credit institution. Dual credit transcripts may have a fee associated with them, so it would be helpful to make sure students are prepared to handle that. Submitting test scores may be another important step in the application process. Some institutions require ACT or SAT scores, and some institutions are test optional. In the case where institutions require test scores, students may either submit those on their transcript in which they will need to check with their school counselor to make sure the most updated test score shows up on their transcript, or students may log into their testing account online and request that their test score be sent to the institution directly. There is usually a fee associated with sending test scores, especially after the test has been taken. However, students can save money by adding their desired institutions to the list prior to taking a particular exam. In other words, during the testing registration process for the ACT and the SAT, students can add up to four institutions they wish to have their scores sent to at no additional cost. If a student qualifies for an ACT fee waiver, they can add up to six institutions at no cost during registration. Some students may be apprehensive about that option since there's uncertainty around what score they will get, but it is a great way for them to save some money. Score reports cost money to send to institutions after testing, so help students plan accordingly. Students who qualify for the ACT testing fee waiver will also be able to send unlimited score reports for free. Also know that in cases where a student scores high enough in a subject area, that it waives a college course in that subject area, the institution will want that score reported directly from the testing website, rather than only seeing it on the student's high school transcript. In the case where institutions are test optional, students truly don't have to submit their test scores. However, the institution may ask for supplemental materials to better assess if the student is a fit, such as a writing sample or completing additional forms during the application process. So there you have it. This is the basic admissions process, friends. Application, application fee or fee waiver, transcript, and test scores. I say basic because some institutions may require the submission of additional information known as supplemental materials. We will be talking all about that in our next episode, including such items as personal statements, college resumes, letters of recommendation, portfolios, auditions, and more. There are a few other things to note about the college application process. If a student takes an additional ACT or SAT test and get a better score, they can always update that information with the institution. They don't necessarily have to wait on that perfect score to apply. Although, if they plan to take an additional test, they do need to be mindful of taking it in time to meet the deadlines associated with the new score. Encourage students to become familiar enough with their chosen institutions that they know whether or not they've submitted everything to be considered for admissions. It can be pretty heartbreaking for a student to not hear back from an institution only to find out that the reason is because they haven't submitted one of the items mentioned in today's episode. Sometimes, submitting a college application also puts students in the running for scholarships, whereas other times, the scholarship application is separate. While we will talk about scholarships in a future episode, it is important to be aware of that fact during the admissions application step. Also, be vigilant about deadlines, particularly if a student is applying for a special opportunity, such as an honors college, which often has earlier deadlines. Okay. Don't be nervous about walking a student through the application process. These tips are a great starting point and your help means the world to a student. Here's a summary of the takeaways. One, encourage students to research colleges based on factors that are important to them. They should apply to the colleges that are a great match and fit. Two, students should apply to more than one college. Those who apply to two or more institutions greatly increase their odds of attending a post-secondary institution. Three, the application process isn't over simply because they hit submit during the online application portion. Students also need to submit their transcripts, application fee or fee waiver, and potentially their test scores. Some colleges require additional supplemental materials. Four, watch those deadlines. Interested in learning more? Join us for this month's webinar, where you'll hear about the similarities between Kentucky college applications and get access to a helpful tool when guiding students through the process. In addition to that, you'll be able to have discussions with other practitioners to hear how they handle college applications with their students. ELA credit will be available for educators. You can register by visiting our website at cpe.ky.gov advisingky. In fact, while you are there, you can sign up to receive our communications and take a minute to follow us on social media, including Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search at AdvisingKY on those platforms. If you missed our last webinar, which introduced the Kentucky Advising Academy and highlighted a unique opportunity through our partners at OneGoal, you can check that out on YouTube by searching for Kentucky Advising Academy friends, thank you for spending time with us today. I hope you were able to get some information that excites you and that you're able to put to immediate use. We'll be back next month with another episode. So please join us until then know that you are deeply appreciated. Thanks for listening.